0: chapter. Two weeks ago, while working on another message, God gave me the word this morning. And so the word was given to me before the coronavirus. Uh, there is a very good possibility that the coronavirus was fabricated in a military lab in Maryland. Or China. No, Maryland. Oh, Uh, There's a very good good possibility that it was created as a chemical warfare element that somehow got into the wrong hands. It is ironic to me that the virus supposedly came from China, and so does the hand sanitizer. (laughs) And so did the face masks. And so does the Lysol. It is also ironic to me that several years ago on the Lysol can, it says it deals with coronavirus. They call it Corona because when it's magnified, it's in the shape of a crown. There's 19 points, 19 references that's a, there's 19 different strands of the virus. And I read on Facebook today where I think the government has allotted $2.5 billion in the next few weeks to, uh, to protect our nation. One person dies in America of coronavirus, and we spend 2.5 billion every day. 22 US veterans commit suicide right. every day. So let our priorities be in order, and let us focus on the things that are important. Matthew 24, when Jesus began to tell the disciples The things that were going to take place in the last days, he mentioned famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. I believe the coronavirus is a sign of the last days to show you how crazy things can get so quick, how crazy, how crazy things are right now. And I saw some of the uh, the um, I think on the news they had uh, one line. My brother sent me a picture of the line that went that around the parking lot. Around the, what was that? Costco or was that? It was a Costco. It was. It, it's crazy. I went uh, last night to uh, there's limit one per customer. I went to uh, get a, a thing of Lysol, and it was it was sold out. The whole section was sold out. All the bleach was sold out. All the hand sanitizer were sold out, and all the toilet paper. It's a crazy world. Uh, should you need a roll of toilet paper, Church of the Harvest, for $100, will provide you a roll of toilet paper. I saw someone got arrested for, uh, what, what do you call it, not gouge, but when you, when you take a crisis and, and you sell it for, high. I think they got, think they got arrested, and uh, so with that fact, we'll sell the toilet paper for $50 a roll. Therefore, we won't gouge anybody. Um, My thought today, or my, my lesson today, is simply a statement. Don't let fear manipulate your faith. Don't let fear manipulate your faith. The Bible declares that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. The Bible also says that no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. It doesn't mean that good people don't get sick. But good people have the blood of Jesus depend upon when they're going through a storm. And we apply the blood to our house and to our families and our friends and loved ones that they would be safe during this time of storm. In Matthew 25, verse 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, this is a type and shadow of Jesus Christ, called his own servants and delivered them his goods. God gives everyone in this house talents and gifts and abilities. And in one he gave five talents, to another two. Luke says that he gave three, Matthew says two. And to another one to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents more. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, look at somebody say a long time. The Lord of these servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that hath received five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. As when faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strown. And I was afraid, and I was afraid. Hid my talent in the earth, there is, there is thou hast is thine. And the Lord answered and said to him, Thou wicked and slothful, lazy servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strong. Thou oughtst therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received more on with usury or interest money with interest. Don't let your faith, don't let your faith be manipulated by your fear. Interesting story of three gentlemen, each one had gifts and talents and abilities. The first two doubled the gifts and talents that they had been given. The last guy said, I've heard that you were a hard man and I was afraid of you. We were talking a little earlier this week about our concept or our relationship or mindset concerning God. I am a part of a denomination that when I was raised as a child, uh, we were raised with a list of things that we could not do, places we could not go, and things we could not be. Does anybody relate to any of that? I was a part of a denomination that said that your hair can't touch your collar, uh, you can't shoot pool, you can't go see a movie, uh, you can't wear mascara. Uh, as a guy, that's probably a good thing. Uh, you, can't, um, you, you can't wear pants. Girls couldn't wear pants. And uh, literally when my parents joined the denomination that I was raised in, uh, you weren't allowed to have a watch a tie-tack or a wedding band. And these were lists of rules that a denomination birthed uh, to try to convince us how we should live our life. When I read the Word of God and learn being a part of the family of God, it's not what you can't do, but it's what you can do. Right. As, as a young child, I grew up with the concept of a God that was fair, but He was hard, right, right. and that He was judgmental, and that he was critical, and that's the God that I was raised with. That's the knowledge of the God that I was raised with, and didn't really, really meet God until I came to him broken and lost and hurting and cast all my care upon him and realized that he cared for me. But in this, in this story, one guy took what God gave him and doubled it. The other guy took what God gave him and doubled it, And one guy, because he had the wrong concept of God or had a a fear of authority, he hid his talent, did not use it for the kingdom, did not use it for the things of the world. And I, I began to do research on the word phobia. Phobia is a Greek word, phobos, that means anxiety or fear. And I've learned that phobias fall into five different categories. And there's a category of animals, some people are afraid of smi- spiders. It's called arachnophobia. Some people are afraid of dogs. Some people are afraid of insects. Some people are afraid of rats. Yeah, and some people are afraid of snakes. Yeah. There's a creature. It, it's not really a um, mosquito, but it looks like a mosquito. And it's rather large, and it's rather threatening. And anytime time one of those shows up in my house, I am immediately called home to deal with that monster that could suck the life and kill you and hurt you and maim you and cripple you forever. I got a phone call the other day. I was in my bathroom doing my devotions, and I opened up the window. It was a beautiful day. And I got a phone call and said that there's a bird loose in the house. Would you come and deal with the bird? And I went home, and I dealt with the bird. I was told a couple of weeks ago that there was a snake in my backyard. I'm not afraid of snakes. I just kill them. And uh, our attitude is we we kill them. I don't ever kill anything you can't eat, so we kill them and we grill them and you eat them. And that's that's how you deal with snakes. Uh, I have people in my life that are terrified of mice, little old tiny mice. And you know the story when the girl went to visit the Queen of England, how all she could talk about was the mouse under the chair. How the queen got scared to sit up on the chair and everybody in the banquet rooms on the chair, they were all afraid of the mouse. And then there are the nature phobia. There are those that have a fear of heights, there are those that have a fear of thunder, and those that have a fear of darkness. And then there is the the blood phobia. Those are injuries, uh, falls, medical, afraid of heart attacks, afraid of cancer. Uh, then there are specific situations like flying, or I, I know people that will not fly on a commercial airline because of their fear. I have a friend, I promise you, and Susan and, and Pastor Rhonda can, can document this, she will not get on an elevator. Will not get on. Susan, you know what I'm talking about. And then I have those that uh, are terrified with my driving. Uh, <laughs> I am serious. I have people that refuse to drive with me. Uh, I have a, I have a, it's not a fear or a phobia, but but anytime the girls tell me they're coming somewhere or Pastor Ron is coming somewhere and I hear a siren, I always pick up the phone and call Pastor. I don't know if you roll like that or not. I don't know if that's a fear, but lately I've noticed that when I get in the shower and I get my head wet and my eyes are closed, there's soap in my hair, I just get this claustrophobic feeling. I can't stand. I remember one time we tried to put 11 people in a phone booth. I'm not saying we put 11 people in a phone booth. I'm saying we tried to put 11 people in the phone booth. And I've never really really been claustrophobic, but I noticed lately I don't like tight places. I don't like confined spaces. That's not my idea of a good time. And then the uh, fifth level of, of phobias are the uh, choking, people are terrified of choking. People are terrified of loud noises. People are terrified of drowning. There are people that are, that are afraid of water. They're afraid to get in the water, afraid they're going to drown. And I've learned that 20% of all Americans have some kind of phobia. If I mention anything in the past few minutes that you have a phobia, if you'll lift your hand, let me take inventory and see how many we've got. Almost, almost everyone in this building has something in their life that they're afraid of. Uh, there's a term called phobophobia. It means fear of fears. Oh, wow. There are people that actually one percent of America is afraid. You're just afraid. You're just a big scaredy cat. You're 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 scared. You're scared all the time. The Bible says in John 20, 19, the disciples were assembled for fear of what the Jews were going to do unto them. So there are a lot of people have this wrong concept of God, but Romans 8 and 14 says, for as many. As are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, joint heirs. If we be joint heirs with Jesus Christ, so we be with the Heavenly Father. So that's where God calls us out of darkness into His marvelous light, and He adopts us. And there's something about being adopted by the Father because when when God adopts you, He takes care of you. There's uh, there's not really an intimate word in the Hebrew language for Father, so Paul uh, adopted a uh, Grecian a Greek word, Abba, which means Daddy. How many you ever you, you call your dad Daddy? Where's our Daddies in the place? How, where's our Mommies? Do we have any Mommies in the building? Uh, where's the Where's the Papas? Do we have any? Any papas you call your dad papa. So, so that word daddy is a expression of intimacy, expression of love, expression of honor. In the Bible where it says fear of the Lord, that's not, that's not a terrifying fear. That's a reverence and a respect. And so it's okay to have reverence and respect for God. But God did not call us out of darkness into his marvelous light for us to walk in fear for us to walk in panic, for us to walk in failure to have a friend in the house. Second Timothy one and seven, God has not given us the spirit of fear, so fear is a spirit. It's like a coat you put on. But God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when you walk in that spiritual power, that spiritual love, that spiritual, that mental attitude, perfect love, the Bible says, casts out all fear. Aren't you glad this morning that you are perfectly loved, Isaiah? If you'll go real quick to 43 and 1, I want to share a, a passage of scripture there. Isaiah 43. I've got 43.1, but I don't see it. Oh, here it is. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou walkest through the waters, I will be with thee. That deals with the fear of drowning. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. There's three truths here I want to bring to your attention. The Bible says, don't be afraid, because you have been redeemed. Uh, Most of you are too young to remember blue chip stamps and green chip stamps. But I remember the particular grocery store that we went to, that when Dad paid for the groceries depending on how many dollars he spent in groceries, he was given a certain amount of pages of these blue chip stamps. And they gave you books, and you put the stamps in the books, and then there was a, what they called a redemption center, and you took your stamps, and you traded them in, and you got gifts, and you could get a bicycle or a camera or, uh, or, or some kind of... How many, how many... You have no idea what I'm talking about. You have no idea about the blue chip the blue chip, the green chip stamps. And that's what God is saying. God's saying, I have redeemed you by the power of my name. I've called you out of darkness into my marvelous light, and I want you to walk in that light. I want you to walk in that favor, for not only have I redeemed thee, but I have given you a new name. And we look to the word of God, and we realize that God renamed Jacob, which meant deceiver, supplanter, to Israel, which means the house of God, God changed the name of Abram to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. God changed the name of Cephas to Peter, which means rock, it means stone. And the, but there's a song that says there's a, help me, Linda, new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. Know this morning that God has a nickname for you. He has a pet name for you, and he said in Isaiah, I have engraved your name on. On the palm of my hand, is God into tattoos? Absolutely. He has tattooed your name on his hand. And every time he holds his hand up in glory or power or authority, he sees your hand and it reminds him of the covenant that he has made with you that you're redeemed, that you're called. And when you walk through the water, he's with you. When you walk through the fire, he's with you. When you go through a storm, he's with you. Matter of fact, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you, even until the end, help me, of the age. God will never abandon us. He will never forget us. He will never fail us. Notice, if you will, Isaiah 41 and 10. Go back just a page. Here we have it again. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. There are five truths here in this passage of Scripture and what what God is saying. Don't be afraid. I'm your God. That makes him mine. I'm my beloved and he is mine. His banner over me is love. That means that God, the creator of the ends of the earth, belongs to me. He is my possession. He is my inheritance. He is my hope. He's my joy. God belongs to me. That's a pretty good feeling. When you start dropping names, and I'm trying to think of some of the names that Pastor Rhonda, you and I could drop. We met Charlie Sheen at an airport. We met Oprah at an airport. I'm trying to think of somebody else famous. I guess we could include uh, Jim Stewart. Jim, who? You met Jimmy Stewart. Well, kudos to you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anybody else want to drop a name? Who's met somebody famous? Uh, A racer? Have you met? met, Who? Who? Who famous have you met? Um, There you have it. Colbert. Who else has somebody famous? Alden. Robert. Robert Who? Robert Kennedy. Is he famous? (laughs) Oh, Robert. The. the, Oh, (laughs) yes, Robert Kennedy. So. You know, I mean, in the in the Christian world, uh, we could we could drop Marcus Lamb or we could drop Perry Stone or we could drop. I'm trying to think of some other Billy Burke. We could dro- we could drop what I'm saying is you can you can drop all the names you want to drop, but you'll never drop a name like God. When you tell people that you've met God and you know God and your name is engraved on his hand. That's a pretty powerful statement. That's a pretty, I am your God. Aren't you glad this morning that he belongs to us and we belong to him? He said, I am your God. And he said, I will strengthen you. I like that. I like that. When, when Moses was in battle, as long as his hands were lifted, which is a symbol of praise and surrender, the Israelites were winning the battle but holding your hand, and I don't, I don't know if you've ever taken the challenge, but in the military, they have a challenge that you hold your hand out and they put a silver, silver dollar on your hand and you hold it out. And if you hold it out for five minutes, you keep the silver dollar. And then they put another silver dollar on top of the silver dollar for a minute. And if you hold your hand out for six minutes, you get to keep the silver dollar. Anybody ever played that game? I don't know if you've ever played that game, but it's pretty tough to hold your hand out for very long. And so what Moses was doing. As long as his hands were lifted. Matter of fact next Sunday during praise and worship. I want us all just to lift our hands. And see how, see how far we can make it through the worship. But as long as Moses had his hands lifted up, a sign of surrender and praise, they were winning the battle. But Gene, when he got weary, he started dropping his hands. Immediately, the Philistines started winning the battle. So Aaron got on one side and Hur got on the other, and they held his hands up for him. And as long as his hands were up, there was victory in the camp. No matter what storm you're going through, no matter what war you're going through, no matter what problem you're going through, God is there to strengthen you, to encourage you, to build you up, that you will not fail, that you will accomplish in the task that you've ordained. Because if God be for us, help me, who can be against us? He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. Aren't you glad this morning that you've got God's help? What a, what a What's the song says? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to lean upon his promises. Uh, Is that how it goes? I, to, rest, oh, to rest upon it, I like that word better. Rest upon His promise. It. Aren't you glad you've got God's help to walk you through and sustain you in everything you attempt? If God is for us, again, who can be against us? God is on our side. We will not fear. We will not fail. But we will accomplish what God's word says that we will accomplish. Amen. Oh, go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation. When I think about. When I think about man's last enemy, when I think about death, I think about the angels at Bethlehem that said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great tidings of good, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And you shall find the babe wrapped in swollen clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the host and the heavenly multitude, a, a, a plethora of angels saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Because he was born, we can face death. Because he was born, we can face temptation. Because he was born, we can face any obstacle, anything that comes our way, we can face that. I'm reminded of an of a elderly couple. They were going to celebrate 50 years of marriage. So they decided to spend it in Florida. They made plans to go. The husband had to go a few days early. The wife had some things keeping her in town. So the husband went, went on to Florida, and there was a horrible heat wave. It was hot. It was sticky. So he emailed his precious wife and said to her, said, uh, and, and unfortunately, the email that he sent her, he missed one, one letter, and the email went to someone else. It went to an elderly woman. Hello? Let me make sure I tell this right now. Yeah. You, you had the first part. I got the first part right. So so he went he went on to Florida and then he he emailed oh he emailed and it go, it accidentally went to a woman that just lost her husband. Okay, we're on the right track now. It went to a woman that just lost her husband and the email said anxiously awaiting your arrival. Your your arrival will be tomorrow. By the way, it's hot here. So, what does that have to do with him upholding you? Absolutely nothing. But I just felt like that was a good way to end this thought today. You have, a, you have three things to give to God. You have your time, you have your talent, and you have your tithe. And as far as the time, Jesus said, Could, couldn't you just give me an hour? Can you just give me an hour? And we've created corporate prayer from, 12 to, from 10 to 12 every week to open the doors for you to come and pray. If you'd like to come and be a part of that, we'll talk more about that a little later. But God, give, God gives you time, all that time. He just asks for an hour of your week to come and pray. How about that? God gives you talent. He gives you gifts. He gives you abilities to help and to encourage others. And when we stand before God. That's what we will be rewarded for. Our tithe finances the ministry and helps us do great exploits together. So this morning... No matter what the enemy might tell you that you're feared of or you're scared of, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can we pray? Father, thank you for this season together. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your love and your faithfulness. Thank you that we can trust you no matter what storm, no matter Though the storms rage high, no matter what storm comes against us, we can trust you because you are the captain of our boat. You're the anchor of our soul, and we trust in you. Let this week be a week of refreshment. Let this week be a week of of discovery. Let this be a a week of renewal. Let this be a week of we realize who we are and what we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray, and they all said, Amen. amen.